Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. From the House Antitrust Report on Big Tech, we're looking at the findings from the executive summary. This is Your Voice First. In a report led by Democrats, released on October 6, 2020, lawmakers said that Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook needed to be checked and recommended reforming outdated antitrust laws. Findings reveal the open internet has delivered significant benefits to Americans and to the overall U.S. economy. Over the past few decades, it's created a surge of economic opportunity, capital investment, and pathways for education. The COVID-19 pandemic has underscored the importance of internet access that is affordable, competitive, and widely available for workers, families, and businesses. The online platforms which were investigated by the subcommittee, including Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, also play an important role in our economy and society as the underlying infrastructure for the exchange of communications, information, and goods of service. As of September 2020, the combined valuation of these platforms is more than $5 trillion, more than a third of the value of the S&P 100. As we continue to shift our work, commerce, and communications online, these firms stand to become even more interwoven into the fabric of the economy of our lives. 85% of Americans are concerned, either very concerned or somewhat concerned, about the amount of data online platforms store about them, and 81% are concerned that platforms are collecting and holding this data in order to build out more comprehensive consumer profiles. 58% of consumers are not confident that they're getting objective and unbiased search results when using an online platform to shop or search for information. 79% say big tech mergers and acquisitions unfairly undermine competition and consumer choice. And finally, 60% of Americans support more government regulation of online platforms and mandating interoperability features to make it easier for users to switch from one platform to another without losing important data or connections. Next up, we're going to take a look at Facebook. Facebook has monopoly power in the market for social networking. Internal communications among the company's chief executive officer, Mark Zuckerberg, and other senior executives indicate that Facebook acquired its competitive threats to maintain and expand its dominance. For example, a senior executive at the company described its acquisition strategy as a land grab to shore up Facebook's position. While Facebook's CEO said that Facebook can likely always just buy any competitive startups and agreed with one of the company's senior executives that Instagram was a threat to Facebook. Documents produced during the investigation by Facebook show that it has tipped the social networking market toward a monopoly and now considers competition within its own family of products to be more considerable than competition from any other firm. 
According to a former senior employee at Instagram who is involved in the preparation of this document for review by Mr. Zuckerberg, the Cunningham memo guided Facebook's growth strategy, particularly with regard to Instagram. They explained, The question was, how do we position Facebook and Instagram to not compete with each other? The concern was the Instagram would hit a great tipping point. There was brutal infighting between Instagram and Facebook at the time. It was very tense. It was back when Kevin Sistrom was still part of the company. He wanted Instagram to grow naturally and as widely as possible. But Mark was clearly saying, do not compete with us. It was collusion, but within an internal monopoly. If you own two social media utilities, they should not be allowed to shore each other up. It's unclear to me why this should not be illegal. You can collude by acquiring a company. Facebook also maintained its monopoly throughout a series of anti-competitive business practices. The company used its data advantage to create superior market intelligence to identify nascent competitive threats and then acquire, copy, or kill these firms. Once dominant, Facebook selectively enforced its platform policies based on whether it perceived other companies as competitive threats. In doing so, it advantaged its own services while weakening other firms. In the absence of competition, Facebook's quality has deteriorated over time, resulting in worse privacy protections for its users and a dramatic rise in misinformation on its platform. Next up, Google. Google has a monopoly in the markets for general online search and search advertising. Google's dominance is protected by high entry barriers, including its click and query data and the extensive default positions that Google has obtained across most of the world's devices and browsers. A significant number of entities spanning major public corporations, small businesses, and entrepreneurs depend on Google for traffic, and no alternate search engine serves as a substitute. Google maintained its monopoly over general search through a series of anti-competitive tactics. These include an aggressive campaign to undermine vertical search providers, which Google viewed as a significant threat. Documents show that Google used its search monopoly to misappropriate content from third parties and to boost Google's own inferior vertical offerings, while imposing search penalties to demote third-party vertical providers. Since capturing a monopoly over general search, Google has steadily proliferated its search result page with ads and with Google's own content, while also blurring the distinction between paid ads and organic results. As a result of these tactics, Google appears to be siphoning off traffic from the rest of the web, while entities seeking to reach users must pay Google steadily increasing sums for ads. Numerous market participants analogized Google to a gatekeeper that is extorting users for access to its critical distribution channel, even as its search page shows users less relevant results. Second way Google has maintained its monopoly over general search has been through a series of anti-competitive contracts. After purchasing the Android operating system in 2005, Google used contractual restrictions and exclusivity provisions to extend Google's search monopoly from desktop to mobile. Documents show that Google required smartphone manufacturers to pre-install and give default status to Google's own apps, 
impeding competitors in search as well as in other app markets. As search activity now migrates from mobile to voice, third-party interviews suggest Google is again looking for ways to maintain its monopoly over search access points through a similar set of practices. Since capturing the market for online search, Google is extended into a variety of other lines of business. Today, Google is ubiquitous across the digital economy, serving as the infrastructure for core products and services online. Through Chrome, Google now owns the world's most popular browser, a critical gateway to the internet that it has used to both protect and promote its other lines of business. Through Google Maps, Google now captures over 80% of the market for navigation mapping service. That's a key input over which Google consolidated control through an anti-competitive acquisition in which it now leverages to advance its position in search and advertising. And through Google Cloud, Google has another core platform in which it is now heavily investing through acquisitions, positioning itself as the dominant Internet of Things provider the next wave of surveillance technologies. Each of its services provides Google with a trove of user data, reinforcing its dominance across markets and driving greater monetization through online ads. Through linking these services together, Google increasingly functions as an ecosystem of interlocking monopolies. Next up, Amazon. Amazon has significant and durable market power in the U.S. online retail market. This conclusion is based on significant record that subcommittee staff collected and reviewed, including testimonials from third-party sellers, brand manufacturers, publishers, former employees, and other market participants, as well as Amazon's internal documents. Although Amazon is frequently described as controlling about 40% of US online retail sales, this market share is likely understated and estimates of about 50% or higher are more credible. As the dominant marketplace in the United States for online shopping, Amazon's market power is at its height in its dealings with third-party sellers. The platform has monopoly power over many small and medium-sized businesses that do not have a viable alternative to Amazon for reaching online consumers. Amazon has 2.3 million active third-party sellers on its marketplace worldwide, and a recent survey estimates that about 30% of them, so about 850,000 sellers, rely on Amazon as their sole source of income. Amazon achieved its current dominant position in part through acquiring its competitors, including Diapers.com and Zappos. It has also acquired companies that operate in adjacent markets, adding customer data to its stockpile and further shoring up its competitive moats. This strategy has entrenched and expanded Amazon's market power in e-commerce, as well as in other markets. The company's control over and reach across its many business lines enables it to self-preference and disadvantage competitors in ways that undermine free and fair competition. As a result of Amazon's dominance, other businesses are frequently beholden to Amazon for their success. Amazon has engaged in extensive anti-competitive conduct in its treatment of third-party sellers. 
publicly, Amazon describes third-party sellers as partners. But internal documents show that, behind closed doors, the company refers to them as internal competitors. Amazon's dual role as an operator of its marketplace that hosts third-party sellers and a seller in that same marketplace creates an inherent conflict of interest. This conflict incentivizes Amazon to exploit its access to competing sellers' data and information, among other anti-competitive conduct. Voice assistant ecosystems are an emerging market with a high propensity for lock-in and self-preferencing. Amazon has expanded Alexa's ecosystem quickly through acquisitions of complementary and competing technologies, as well as by selling its Alexa-enabled smart speaker at deep discounts. The company's early leadership in this market is leading to a collection of highly sensitive consumer data, which Amazon can use to promote its other business, including e-commerce and Prime Video. Finally, Amazon Web Services, otherwise known as AWS, provides critical infrastructure for many businesses with which Amazon competes. This creates the potential for a conflict of interest where cloud customers are forced to consider patronizing a competitor as opposed to selecting the best technology for their business. Next up, and last but not least, Apple. Apple has significant and durable market power in the mobile operating system market. Apple's dominance in this market, where it controls the iOS mobile operating system that runs on Apple mobile devices, has enabled it to control all software distribution to iOS devices. As a result, Apple exerts monopoly power in the mobile app store market, controlling access to more than 100 million iPhones and iPads in the US. Apple's mobile ecosystem has produced significant benefits to app developers and consumers. Launched in 2008, the App Store revolutionized software distribution on mobile devices, reducing barriers to entry for app developers and increasing the choices available to consumers. Despite this, Apple leverages its control of iOS and the App Store to create and enforce barriers to competition and discriminate against the excluded rivals while preferencing its own offerings. Apple also uses its power to exploit app developers through misappropriation of competitively sensitive information and to charge app developers super competitive prices within the App Store. Apple has maintained its dominance due to the presence of network effects, high barriers to entry, and switching costs in the mobile operating system market. Apple is primarily a hardware company that derives most of its revenue from sale of devices and accessories. However, as the market for products like the iPhone have matured, Apple has pivoted to rely increasingly on sales of its applications and services, as well as collecting commissions and fees in the App Store. In the absence of competition, Apple's monopoly power over software distribution to iOS devices has resulted in harms to competitors and competition, reducing quality and innovation among app developers and increasing prices and reducing choices for consumers. So what do you think? Does the market power of the dominant platforms risk undermining political and economic liberties? Or is 
this just the natural progression of our world in this age of artificial intelligence? Is the subcommittee staff right? Or is there something they're missing? Let us know in the show notes. Um, There should be a link to leave us a voice memo. Go ahead and tap that. Leave us a voice memo. We'll include it in the show um, on the next episode of Your Voice First Podcast. Thanks for listening in. This is Sweets signing off. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.